and gents. It's episode 16 of the Empowered Women's Podcast. Welcome back. My name is Amanda and today I am joined with a very interesting character. So he's an influencer, a model, a podcaster. His name is Jackson Tippett with a half decent following on Instagram and he's only 26 years young. Jackson, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. How are we? Fantastic, mate. How are you? I'll I like the um the half decent following uh, quote. <laughs> that Just was gotta all right. keep it humble. <laughs> <laughs> so I got it. What 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 do I have to get to to get to a decent following? Three hundred. So where what is your following at the moment? One hundred fifty five. Okay. That's a very decent following. Let's be honest. So. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, I appreciate the kind um. Yeah, the kind intro and um, yeah, it was so cool having you on mine the other week and um, mm. I'm so keen to come on and just speak something different as we know that yours is very different to most podcasts. Yeah, yeah. So uh, last week I went on Jackson's podcast and we spoke about the misconceptions around um, social media influencers and the, the image that they present versus reality. So I'm not sure when you're going to release that one, Jackson, but it's going to be a, like, yeah, it's, it's good. I really enjoyed that chat, so I can't wait for you to bring it out. A hundred percent, yeah. I think it was probably one of my probably one of my favorites, as I've never done something on that topic, so it was cool. Which is bizarre because I mean, it's a lot of what you do day to day. Yeah, so, yeah. What's your number one passion? Just before we get into it, with my podcast, just in life. Um, just in life right now is honest to God just to make a positive impact and try help someone in some way, shape or form. That's, that's the goal in each day right now. Yeah. Nice one. Nice one. And was that, is that something that has just kind of taken shape or has taken a different turn in recent times for you? Yeah, absolutely. I never used to care about anyone to be honest, (laughs) but myself. Um, But it's just, as I mentioned before, it's just such a good feeling when someone gets a little bit of a, an uplift from you or you help them in some way and mm. getting that positive feedback is, I don't know, it's like a drug. It's addicting. Mm. So um, not to sort of go too deep into it, but were you the sort of person like for a long time where would you say you're very self-involved once upon a time? Yeah, I think I was just young, just um uh, I don't really know how to explain it. Just young, didn't didn't really think about anything else but myself and just thought I was king shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what was the change for you? Where was the realisation? Just basically when I started to posit- positively impact other people's lives through coaching, podcasts, um, you know, et cetera, phone calls. It just, I don't know, the feeling just became so unreal and like addicting that, I just want to keep chasing it. And as mm. you know, like we don't have enough people helping one another in the world or uplifting them or congratulating them. So I think we just need more of it and the world will become a better place. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can sort of be really attractive, but not be an asshole either. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah well, 100%. That's what my aim was. Like I, I used to just go for the, oh, okay, I look good, but I don't really care about my personality. Mm. But now it's like, it's just so much, people find it so much more attractive when you have a personality and you actually care for others. Oh, it's like tenfold. I think your chances of hooking, I think, look, I think when you're good looking, you can hook in people, but keeping them there and keeping them around for the long term, your personality does that. 
So it's like a twofold. You can't have one without the other if you want, you know, really healthy, genuine relationships in life, yeah? I agree. And um, I do think it's harder to find, like, you know, especially on the other side of the end too, like me trying to find a, a girl, for example, it's it's hard to find the one you're physically attracted to, but they also have the personality because you usually find, like, for example, the ones with the looks tend to not have the personality, which is, mm. I don't know, I just find that the normality now. I think for, and it's interesting you say that because I was having this conversation with a girlfriend earlier on the phone and I've, I, I, I've never dated a girl that was like, obviously me being a PT, pretty fit. I've always prioritized my health and fitness, but I funnily enough have never been in a long-term relationship with a girl that's been of that same caliber. I've always dated women that really not into fitness and they probably fall in, into it because of me, but they're naturally not that way inclined. But I guess for me, I've seen all their other beautiful qualities and think, well, it's all fine and well to date someone who looks good, but, you know, can they, you know, can they have a great conversation with you? Do they actually care about you and not just them? And yeah, it's, it's funny how opposites really can attract if, well, I don't know. I I take my hat off to say two gym goers that can actually have a healthy, thriving relationship because it is such a a selfish sport. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know. I just, for me, I've just never dated anyone that's been a gym junkie. Anyway, look, we're here today to talk about relationships. So you and I had a chat off air and we spoke about, you know, I said to you, you know, Jax, have you, have you ever been in a toxic relationship? And you said, yeah, absolutely. So I want to talk about that today. Um, so I guess I'll hand it over to you. What, what sort of a toxic relationship have you been involved in? Let's take a quick break. This short ad break is proudly sponsored by my friends at Gravity Colon Therapy, located in Brisbane and Southport on the Gold Coast. If you're feeling really backed up, struggling with constipation, which is leading you to not really being able to think clearly, then I suggest it's time you got your pipes cleaned out. These guys are the only place in Queensland which offers the Woods Gravity Method of Colonics, which is the safest, most comfortable and effective method of colonics out there. So to book your first session, visit gravitycolontherapy.com.au to get 25 bucks off your first session and let the owner Christy know that Amanda sent you. Okay, back to the show. Um, so just I just want to get this clear and out there. So if my ex is listening, it's not my past relationship. It was the one previous. Um, so my past relationship was actually good. We just uh, ended on good terms, but it was the one before that where – um, how do you explain it? Wow. So toxic, toxic in so many ways, basically I think all to do with Instagram and IG and being insecure in a way on her end, but then just back and forth fights over pathetic stuff in my eyes, like comments, um, DMS, you know, all that type of stuff. All right. So how did you meet? Okay. So we actually met at the gym. I think I meet every girl at the gym. <laughs> um, yeah, we met at the gym and then, yeah. yeah, like they all do, they come up and um, say, do you want to do a session or something? And then it leads on to a bit of post-workout food and then soon enough you're um, with them. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. See, I find that bizarre because, like, I mean, when I go to train, the headphones go on and, you know, I might talk to some older blokes in the gym, but... I, I don't know. I just, 
I, I find it's not the place to pick someone up because it's kind of like don't shit where you eat kind of thing for me. I don't know because you've got to go there all the time. Yeah, so it's kind of oh, like a workplace in a way. Oh, 100%. I'm the same. Like when I train, it's earphones on, but like obviously they try to stop you and I never go there to chase girls, never would. Yeah. But yeah. I just feel like that's always where someone tries to pick you yeah, up. communicate with me and it leads to something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're not an ugly guy, Jackson, let's be honest. So I think you're every Gold Coast girl's kind of dream, just tatted up to your neck, fit, half decent looking, you know, you're definitely no prawn. Let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I hope I'm not a prawn. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Nah, but I don't know, like everyone likes their own look. Like I don't Mm. think a lot of people, you know, I find maybe I'm not the right person for uh, the right fit for everyone, but yeah. You know, in saying that, you just, it's something that I've learned to become very confident and happy within myself because I can't please everyone Mm. and not everyone's going to like my tattoos, for example, but, you know, I'm unique in my own way and I think I'm beautiful in my own way and everyone does have flaws, but we Mm. have to accept that. All right, cool. So, yeah, well said. I agree. But let's talk about the, now the, the nuts and bolts of the relationship. So you met in the gym. Um. Tell us about how, I guess, the start of the relationship, how long you were together and where it kind of just all went wrong for you. Um, so off the top of my head, geez, we're going back a bit. We were probably together a year mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, it started out great. I think, well, it should, but I think all relationships start out great in my eyes. It's kind of like mm. that honeymoon phase where you generally not living together. You shouldn't be. Um, and basically when you do see each other, it's like a a date night or some type of fun thing on the weekend. Mm. Um, and it's just good. It's clicky. And then, you know, usually you, they're working during the week and you're working. So you miss each other and then you really look forward to seeing each other for that Mm. one to two days a week kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's once you get locked in more as in you move in together, you get assets together, maybe a dual bank account. Um, I think that's when it really starts to get like, okay, where we're together 24 seven. Um, we're not having all those romantic things and it kind of just gets boring in a sense. Stale. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So did you go, did you guys actually move in together and have assets and bank accounts and all that sort of jazz? So we didn't have a full bank account. We just had a little dual one for savings, but yes, Mm. we did move in together Mm. Um, probably the worst decision I've ever made. Um, How soon into the relationship know. did you move in with her? Uh, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. I reckon it was probably within four months. So I would mm. say that's early. Very soon. Yeah. And yeah, like, as you know, you don't, even after two years, you don't fully know someone. So mm. we definitely didn't fully know each other, you know, inside and out after mm. four months. Mm-hmm. So once you move in, it's like, oh, you do this and you know what I mean? Like you just, it's different. (laughs) Very different. Very different. Yeah. How long do you think you could have waited uh, until you moved in with a person? I agree with you, statement. Personally, I think probably about a year, give it a good sort of six to 12 months before you decide to start start moving in with people. Um, Sometimes the older you get, you sort of know, look, know what I want. And I'm ready to sort of take the next step. But more often than not, I think six, it's like even more on the 12 month end, just kind of don't rush it type thing. 
But then, hundred oh, percent, I can agree with you. I reckon a year mm. minimum. Like I think stride it as long as you can. Yeah, yeah, because then once you get there, it's just the everyday mundane ticking over boxes, doing things together, and you, you like you said, you get a bit bored of each other, don't you? Yeah, it just becomes like I felt it become like, and mind you, I think I was. 2021 20, in this relationship I'm talking about. Oh, wow. I was very young, but I felt like husband and wife, you know what I mean? Mm. And I had so much going for me that it's like all we'd argue over is either Instagram or cleaning, really, <laughs> or who's getting what food. So young, so young. What made yeah. you, I mean, did you think you were sort of mature enough at that age to, I mean, because I think if I revert back to me being 19, 20, like you think you, you're like a woman of the world, like you know it all, and it's like, fuck that. Like looking back, I'm 36, looking back going, I knew nothing. I was still a kid. So did you think you had it sort of all worked out back then? I kind of thought I did, but I 100% didn't. Mm. Um, and it was more to do with all the, obviously, you know, I went down all the steroid route and drug route. Um and I think I was just a bit lost in myself now that I think back. I think I was just, I think I just wanted some company and I was a bit lonely and I just treated it the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, what was your social life back then? Because 20 years old should have been peaking, I guess. Yeah, it was great. But um, I was living at home before we moved in. Mm. And um, besides like guy, I didn't hang out with a lot of girls. Um, mm. I'd always see my, my guy friends. But I felt like I just, I don't know. And I feel like a lot of guys have this, but I needed that that girl there. Like, I just feel like I needed someone, but it was yeah. more like just the attention. It was kind of weird. Mm. Mm. No, so the attention, yeah, but then the attention, which is what I kind of wanted to crave, led into more serious where it was like, okay, I'm not enjoying this now. Like, this is too serious. Okay. So... I guess when you moved in with her, what did you notice? What behaviours about her did you notice that you didn't really recognise prior to moving in with her? Just a lot more strict and rules and um, I would say that, just a lot more, like, boring. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah. Because when you see them in that, like, dinner date, it was always a dinner date or a fun adventure or something. Yeah. It was always exciting but when it was moved in it was like literally what I was speaking about it was like okay like have you because she would obviously work nine to five so when she comes home it's just you know cooks and dinner basically watch a movie and get ready for bed so Mm. it was always like have you done the dishes what's for dinner like some type of little argument Mm. and then you try make it up and have love and then you go to bed and see you later Mm, mm. You know, and I and feel I was, like ninety percent of relationships are like that. To be honest, yeah, I was just going to say that you took the words right out of yeah. my mouth. So <laughs> I think people do fall into these traps where it's like, okay, is this all there is? Like, and unless that's when you really have to sort of go back to that dating mentality where you've got to really schedule. You have to schedule that date night where the energy between you two is very different to the everyday energy between you two. And um, people oh. get complacent because they're like, well, we're living together now. So do we really need a date night? Um, that, yeah. You literally said that to a T. Like that is what we miss. We miss that really romantic one night a week, one day a week thing. Because we were together 
every night and having dinner, it was mm. like, well, why do we need to go out and spend money and do something? We just cook another home dinner, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. But it's an opportunity to get dressed up. It's an opportunity to recourt one another, you know, because a courting should never stop. Um, and some some couples get it right, you know, like there are older couples out there that you see, Jax, that, you know, they're still in love. They still hold hands walking down the street. Um whether they had kids or not, their kids might have been all grown up and it's all about them. But um, what's the fun in locking someone down if all you're going to do is be this boring, controlling partner that you lose all the zest and you kind of forget why you got together to begin with, you know? So, um, all right. I, so, mm, sorry, go, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say I agree. Like I agree with everything you're saying, but, it's not until you're like doing literally what I'm talking about that you don't, for some reason, you just put off the date nights and stuff in my eyes. Like a, there's some couples that don't, but mm. a lot do. They just mm. get stuck in that little habit. Yeah. 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 We all do though. Like I lived with an ex-partner. Oh, it's been a, quite a few years now. And um, you do get very complacent and you also let your social life go a little as well which is, a, I think, a big no-no. You need to have that separation from each other, um, especially once you live together. It gives you more, more opportunity to be more social with your friends because you've got balance because you are with your partner all the time. So then you can, you know, go with your friends at least once, once a week, once a fortnight type thing. Um, but, yeah, easy said than done, I think, for a lot of people. So... Back to the ex-partner. So this is obviously going back about six years or so now. So it's been a while. Um, was she an influencer as well? Of no, any sort? no, no. She, uh, no, not at all. She was actually worked in the bank, um, was into fitness and, yeah, probably had like a thousand followers. So the complete opposite. And I think that's where she didn't understand what I was doing and she maybe was like, well, why do you have to? comment on people's stuff why do you have to care about this and that and it's like mm. well yeah it's kind of got to do with my work if that makes sense yeah okay so you obviously were you at the beginner stages of your influencing career at that point I was but that's literally when I was with her is when I started to blow up so she was like okay. well like why you you know post even to the point where I was like why are you posting these photos and they were nothing bad like I've never posted anything bad but it was like yeah, yeah it was shirtless stuff with abs and I was like big deal like I'm trying to get with brands and stuff like I yeah. think it's where it all kind of slid out out of control yeah 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 so I totally can relate because I dated one of my longer term relationships was you know very much the same like obviously being a PT your body is your business and if I'd put like a um, like a crop top photo with my stomach exposed I would never hear the end of it and it's like do you understand that this is my business card like why is it that <laughs> I'm asking three other friends to ask him if what I've done is the wrong thing. And they've all said, uh, no. And you seem to be the only person with an issue with it. Um, and it's just when you're contending against that, it's like you can't be with someone that doesn't understand what you do for a living. It's really, really hard. But I totally get where you're coming from. Been there and done that. Um, so obviously she's very insecure. Um, would you say she was a really beautiful girl, but just kind of insecure in her own way? hundred percent besides all of that uh yeah it was great it was awesome um but there's all i feel like there's always that one thing that i don't know just kind of breaks it yeah 
So do you, I mean, I know it's probably been a while for you, but where did it get quite toxic for you? Like, can you sort of recall any events or conversations where you think things just started to get a little out of hand? Did it go sort of to a public sense? Um, Did she try and use your following against you? All that sort of jazz. Um, I would say within the first month of moving in, it kind of, yeah, became a little bit toxic, if that makes sense. Yep, yep. So, again, like can you give us any situations where, you know, you had certain arguments, fights, um, any examples of like just blow-ups? Um, just trying to think. Um, like fights? Yeah, like anything that might have stood out to you where you think, yeah, like this one situation we had. Trying to think. It's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was heaps of like little ones, but like to an extent of big. Um, I would say it was just all the all the little stuff. It was like more the, it was just every single, like it was every day. There was not one day without it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So you moved it wasn't in after like, a few um, months. Yeah, moved in after a few months. And then it was like every single day there was something pop up, even twice a day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's really toxic though. So would that have killed the intimacy pretty quick then for you guys? Well, yeah, that's what I said. It did kill her. But then for some reason, I even though I wasn't in the wrong, I because you always want to make up for it, if that makes sense. So I would try like make up for it with love and it's like, and it would work, but then it'd be like, okay, we're all sweet. And then six hours later, something pops up again and we, we just start fighting it's like it's a constant yo-yo effect mm-hmm. what sort of um impact did it kind of have on your I guess your mental health or just how you felt like did you feel like you were sort of walking on eggshells a bit with her oh it was the worst like I, my business suffered so much um mm-hmm. I was stressed 24 7 mm-hmm. all I thought about honestly like even when I went to the gym which was my little bit of one hour therapy um I would get countless messages, uh, usually a phone call, um, even to the point where I was like, she saw on my story, because I used to upload a lot of my training videos. Mm. Like she would see literally a girl in the background and she's like, why are you training with her? I'm like, oh, I wasn't training with her. Like she, I, I, you know what I mean? Like just wow. little shit like that. Yeah, right. But it just really builds up to the point where it's like, if you think I'm cheating, which I'm not, mm. then I may as well just go be fucking single. And that's what it was like. Yeah. So why'd you stay with her for as long as you did? Good question. Um, and my, my mate said the same. And I think it's just habit. and You don't want to really break out of that cycle. I don't know why. It's really hard to explain. But mm. I feel like a lot of people do that in marriages these days. Like they don't get divorced just because they got that piece of paper and that writing there. And would you say that it wasn't always bad? Were there moments where it was really good as well and maybe that kind of kept you in there? Uh, yeah, yeah, you've just taken the words out of my mouth. That's literally mm. why I would have stayed because it gets good some days. It was definitely more worse than good, mm. but the days that were good, it was like, okay, I'm going to hang in there. Let's hope this gets good every day. Yeah, yeah. And half the reason why people stick around, obviously, is because when it's good, it's great. When it's bad, it's terrible. And, um, oh, 100%. You know, when you sign up, it's like signing a contract. Um, 
you kind of don't want to just throw in the towel because, you know, there are going to be repercussions if you try and break the contract. And I guess in the relationship sense, the, you know, the repercussions are the emotional loss um, that you feel and the loneliness and because no one wants to feel lonely. That's why loneliness is the, the most terrible emotion to have to go through and feel. It's a really shit place to be in. And I think that's why a lot of people would rather stay in toxic situations because they think, oh, you know, we can try and make I this I think that's work. what it was because I know why I went into it because I, as I said, I was kind of lonely. I wanted the attention, et cetera. Hmm. I think I just didn't want to go back to that life, even though it probably would have been better and I would have enjoyed it more. Hmm. So back then, how big was your following? Um, so honestly, this is how quickly it blew up. When mm. I when I first got with uh when I first like dated her, mm. it was I think at around I'd say 10k. Mm-hmm. Um and then within the space of literally in that year, I think I went from 10k like within the whole year, I mm. think I went from 10k to 100k. Wow. That's insane. Yeah, so it was like that could have been something to do with it. Like it was literally a massive growth phase. There were a lot of brands contacting me. A lot was happening, a yeah. lot of engagement, and yeah. maybe she just couldn't keep up with it. Yeah. You know, and that's, I can see how that would make someone, I guess, relatively normal, insecure. And when I mean normal, I mean, who's not influencing themselves and doesn't really quite get it. Um, but when that becomes your bread and butter, was that like a full-time gig for you at that time? Yeah, it was. I was just transitioning out of face-to-face PT to my online and then all the modeling picked up. So about halfway through, it was full-time. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. And what were you doing sort of prior to that? Just just your normal personal trainer at uh, various gyms. Yeah, yep. So how long have you been PTing for now? Um, I'd say probably eight years, probably, about since I was 19, kind of, yeah, mm. around then. All right, so you got into PT. Um, what made you sort of fall into influencing? I I don't know. It wasn't ever on my mind. It just kind of, I think more brands, and the as I said, it, my, my account just blew up. Obviously, I was putting out content that people liked or whatever mm. it was. Yeah. And when it blew up a little bit, I was like, okay, like maybe I do have potential in this. Like maybe I should actually put more time into this and contact brands, engage more, just put out better content, go use better photographers. And I don't know, as soon as I just did a little bit more, it grew a little bit more. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm just going to do it full time. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And that's obviously, you still do coaching now, don't you? Yeah, still, that's still probably half my, my income. Yeah, primarily online though. Oh, all online besides just a few mates that I train. Yeah, sweet. Um, and yeah. I know that you used to be on the Gold Coast, but now are you up on the sunny coast? Yeah, so I moved back to uh, my parents' place on the sunny coast, but I definitely will be coming back to the Gold Coast early next year to live. I do like it there better. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit slow on the Sunshine Coast, isn't it? 100%. It's like you retire here. If you're in your 20s, I think you should be back down the Goldie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. This is where it's at. Sunny Coast is nice yeah. though. It is nice, but it's a bit quiet. It is, but like I even get way more work opportunities down there in terms of photography, exposure. Yeah. Just It's just a lot better. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. So would you say that, um, like how many relationships have you had? Cause I mean, you're still quite young and probably doesn't even have to be like serious relationships, but have you been in any other sort of toxic situations, namely so where what you do for a living has become the primary issue for um, your partner's insecurities or have you had other situations come up? No, so that, that was literally the only toxic one and I've only ever been in one other serious one and that's that's my relationships for my life. Mm. So do you want to talk about the other relationship that you would consider a bit more healthier and maybe talk about the differences there? Yeah, I suppose it was, it was I would say it was the same without as much drama and negativity and um, just a better bond and not, not as much fighting, just literally. Mm, mm. And but I didn't any that point. Could come, That's all right. Go, that go. could come down to the that could come down to maybe how I matured more because obviously it was later on. Yeah. Or that could come down to the fact that the IG wasn't blowing up as rapidly and I was kind of maybe more shifting from you'd say like the shirtless content to the more everything's with a shirt on now or fashion more. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So we obviously your content back then. Um, was a bit more sort of revealing body focused. Um, yeah, so it's completely mm. changed. So I wonder if that's got something to do with it. Yeah. Look, I dare say it probably would have um, because in a way it's kind of sexualized. So that's obviously why she was. And, and same thing, like I mentioned, if I was in a half sort of, if my stomach was revealed and I was in a sports bra, well, apparently that was an issue for my partner who, at times forgot that what I did for a living was all about the body. So, and they don't see it that way. They see it as, well, which ex-partner is going to slide into your DMs or, you know, who are you trying to impress kind of thing? And it's like, well, no, I actually, this is my bread and butter. I don't work in an office. This is my office. So take yeah. it or leave it kind of thing. In the same token though, like, although I knew I wasn't doing anything wrong, you knew you weren't doing anything wrong. I do understand it from a little bit of a perspective because mm. if for example my partner was showing off her bum and her tits I would be a bit insecure knowing that all guys were looking at that you know what I mean a hundred percent like so yeah yeah you have to it's give a hard one of the doubt yeah it is a hard one because unless they're in it they don't really understand it and I guess if we go to the other extreme I'm sure there's people out there that do only fans and have partners away from that and they would have to have partners that accept that, you know, that that's what they do. That's how they earn their money. Um, I know that's pretty extreme, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a fact of reality when we've got so much access to earn easy money online these days, isn't it, Jax? You know, like there's so many, so many other ways we don't have to do traditional jobs anymore, you know, and um, it can be very polarizing for certain partners or, they just have to accept it. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, cool. Well, I've got about, I've only got the free version on Zoom. So, because we're recording on Zoom and I've got about eight minutes left. Is there anything else you want to kind of contribute to the convo? I guess um, what I'll ask you, sorry, when you sort of got out of that relationship with your ex and I guess keep it nice and tight with your response, what did you sort of realize about yourself? And, um, how did you feel after you left? Left, yeah, we're talking about the first one. The first one, yep. Yeah. 
Um, I felt relieved. I felt like there was a massive weight off my head mm. and I could kind of just do, and this might sound selfish, but I didn't have to accommodate for anyone. Mm-hmm. I could just focus on my day and my business. My business excelled so much because I wasn't stressing over something that I knew I wasn't doing something wrong about. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I just think the message to get out there is like, I know there will be a ton of people out there listening to this that they're in this same type of toxic relationship or they're unsure whether it's what they really want for the rest of their lives, but they're kind of just hanging in there because they do have those good days and they're like, you know what I mean? It's like a roller coaster, Mm. but maybe have a real think that like you only have one life. And, you know, if you're questioning it and you have maybe more, uh, fights than you do happy moments I think it's better off getting out early than late in my opinion mm, yeah short-term pain for long-term gain is what you're saying 100%. Mm. it's only going to get worse the more time goes on in my yeah. opinion yeah no you're right you're right if you see the red flags and I mean you saw the red flags fairly early on didn't you yeah and I did but it still took me a good you know, six to seven months to leave. And it, sometimes it takes people 10 years. But yep. imagine if you got out that 10 years earlier, like literally. Yeah, absolutely. Do the work on yourself, you know, miss them for a couple of months. Because, I mean, give or take, it can take anywhere from, say, two to six months to really get over someone, regardless of the, the time frame that you've been with them, sometimes longer, depends on how damaged you are within yourself and what insecurities you've got. But if you're relatively level-headed but you've just gotten involved with this person, give or take, I think, like I said, between two to six months should be the time frame. But it's not a long time in the grand scheme of things. If you give yourself the space to really uh, address what you probably could have done better in that relationship, right, where, uh, you know, not just saying, you know, they did this wrong, they did that wrong, but also going, I did this wrong, I need to work on this. And this person coming into my life helped me sort of internalize and go, well, I still have these things on myself that I need to work on, you know, and just kind of, yeah, just having that that moment to reflect, you know, and, and then moving yeah, forward with it. That's something I actually forgot to touch base on is, um, although it did feel like there was a weight off my head and it got better and et cetera, the first probably two months was probably the hardest time of my life. And I feel like it's almost like, getting off drugs it's like Mm. you go cold turkey and you do miss them you miss them even though there was such shit days you miss them and Mm. it's like but now that I look back at it years on it's like you don't even it's not like that so like all you've got to do is you just got to break past that barrier and it's like I don't have any contact with that person again like she's probably off married like I'm doing my thing like that's how you got to look at it. There's so many other people out there in the world that you could meet. Mm. You don't have to think this is the only one for you. No, that's right. And it's good that you pointed out. So did you end the relationship? Yeah, I did. I, I just, I honestly, it took so much, but I just got fed up mm. and then it got very toxic because obviously she tried to backlash and um, yeah, she actually tried to like say I did this and that and, didn't pay her and blah, all of this type of stuff. You know what they do. Mm. And then, yeah, we just ended up, I think I actually blocked her and I just, we just never contacted again. And I feel like that happens a lot. If they don't yeah. get their way or you don't get your way, it becomes 
either a block or they try to put a threat on you or they take you to the cops and try to get like a DVO or something if you got kids. Yeah. Okay. So it got pretty nasty towards the end. Sounds, yeah, sounds that's, shit. That's shit else. Oh, it's just, just a shit. Like, I don't like fighting. Like, I don't know about you, but I actually do not like fighting with someone. There's just no point. And it's just shit. Like, why fight? You know what I mean? Mm. I think, look, for me, if communication is lacking, I sort of kick up a bit of a stink and I, I make it be known what I expect in terms of communication in return. And that is purely to avoid arguing um, in, in sense of, you know, go the extra mile to communicate your thoughts, feelings and your processes throughout your day so that we're not fighting with each other and we're not wondering, you know, what's happening here. Just be very transparent pretty much. Um, that's yeah. That would be what I expect in a relationship. Um, but when you communicate to be honest, for a talk, living, yeah. To be it, honest, talking about the whole post-relationship thing, it's, a, it's another whole conversation in itself, I believe, because I know a lot of people that they, for example, what I said, they, they miss the person for the yeah. first two months and it's very hard. And then they end up just going back to it. It's the same thing like drugs. You, you get that addiction again. So, you, oh, we'll, we'll just have another whip at it and we'll, we'll just go back to our ex. You know how many people yeah. go back and forth in relationships? Yeah, yeah. Would you like to have another so, conversation on that then? It's just crazy. Like I think it's such a big topic that needs to be touched on, especially with, this day and age and social media and how relationships are, how they are compared to our parents' generation. Mm. I think our parents have a, a higher bullshit threshold though, different mindset <laughs> altogether. I think what we'll yeah. do though, let's leave it there, Jax. We're going to come back again, I think, on the podcast to talk about the post-breakup process. What do you reckon? Absolutely. I think it's, I, I've actually never heard anyone really talk about it properly. So I think it'd be good. Done. Well, you heard it first on our podcast. Jax, if people want to reach out to you, where can they find you on socials? Just at I, I am Jackson Tippett and my podcast and all my info is on there, coaching, modeling and stuff like that. Yeah. And I really appreciate you having me on. Like, I really, really do. Um, you are a big guest, <laughs> a host, sorry, not guest. <laughs> Thanks, um, and yeah, I just can't wait to connect more and it'd be good to actually catch up and meet in person. It's always good to meet the people that you connect with, you know what I mean, through IG. Yeah. I agree. And we will, 100%. Yeah. Um, but we will, yeah, we'll be back, guys. We will be back. So stay tuned. Uh, I'll leave Jax's details in the show notes below. Thanks again for tuning in. Let us know what you thought about this episode. Reach out to me. Feel free to take a screenshot and share it onto your Insta stories and tag us in. Other than that, Jackson, thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys, and thank you, Amanda. Ciao.